Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the One Year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is December 1st, and our reading comes from 1 John chapter. Beginning in verse 1, John says this, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. So the first thing, and one of the things that John's going to uh, touch on several times as we go through the book of First John is this idea that as the children of God, that we do not continue to live in sin. When we trust in Jesus, we turn away from independence and to dependence. When we trust in Jesus, we turn away from a world ethic and world morality, and we embrace the ethics and the morality of Jesus. When we turn to Christ, we turn away from rebellion and we embrace submission. So the Christian life is coming to Christ. He is our King, our Lord, and our Savior, the one who forgives us and cleanses us. So as the children of God, we cannot claim to be Christians and continue to hang on to independence, rebellion, and morality. We've got to walk in the light. We've got to move towards Jesus and a growing measure of freedom and holiness in our life. And then I, I love what he says in, in verse one. He says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. In other words, even though we're walking in the light, even though we're pursuing Jesus, even though we're being with Jesus and he's transforming us, it doesn't mean we are sinless. So even though I'm growing and maturing, I still sin. But the good news is when I sin, I can come to Christ. He is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me. I have an advocate with the Father, right? So I'm not living in sin, but I'm never becoming sinless. And when I sin, I'm not weighed down with guilt and shame. I'm not shamed out of the presence of God. I have an advocate who forgives me and cleanses me, and I'm going to press into Jesus who's leading me into freedom and transformation. And then I also love what he says in verse 2, that Jesus, his death on the cross, his atonement is good for me, but also the sins of the whole world. In other words, salvation, what Christ has done on the cross is sufficient and available to all who will hear the gospel message and respond to Christ in faith. Verse 3, we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands, that person's a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. Now, let me just say this, too. This is so important. When we talk about turning away from sin and rebellion and independence, often the things that we think about is, well, you know, I don't kill anybody and I'm not cheating on my wife and I'm not robbing any banks. But it's more than that. We're turning away from gossip and greed and 
exaggeration, lying. We're turning away from envy. We're turning away from coveting. We're turning away from unforgiveness, right? We're turning away from all that doesn't please Jesus. And we're turning to Christ in faith. And we're trusting Him to heal our hearts. And listen, we're also trusting Him to satisfy the needs and the desires of our hearts. Because when those things are satisfied, it frees us from the world and from sin. Now, the reason I mentioned that list of stuff is because those are the things that affect our relationships with each other. And the next thing he talks about is how important it is, because we're the children of God, that we love each other. It affects our relationships. So most of the sin in our life is relational sin. We have a tendency to to think about sin in very impersonal ways, but the truth is sin's very personal right? It's my unforgiveness affects relationships. My selfishness affects relationships. My bad attitude, my temper, my, my jealousy, my, any of those kinds of behaviors, greed, any of those kinds of behaviors affect my relationships. I want to turn away from sin, not just so that I'm holy for my sake, but because when I'm holy, my relationships and community flourishes. And when that happens, I gain from that community what my heart and soul longs for, what I was created for, and that is the family, the body of Christ. I think that's so important. And then watch what he says in verse 15. He says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love this world, You do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, craving for everything we see, pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But everyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So what does John mean here? Here's what he means. We've got to be very careful that we don't try to satisfy the deepest longings of our heart with what is available in this world. In other words, it's not bad to have a career, but if I find my hope, my identity, my security in my career, then I have loved the world. I've loved my career, and so now it diminishes my love for God. Same thing would apply to a relationship. I love my wife, Tina, but I don't want my happiness, my security, my identity to be anchored in Tina. The truth is she can't live up to that expectation. Nobody could. I want to love God so that I can, I want to need God so that I can love Tina, right? I want my love for God to be greater than my love for Tina. And then I can, and Tina and I, our relationship flourishes because it's not under that kind of pressure. Same thing about our money. The truth is money is not evil. It's the love of money. It's when we're trying to find our hope, our security, our identity, and our money or our possessions. That's when it enslaves and destroys us. And listen, if the world, if our money and our possessions have our heart, then God doesn't, right? This would apply to hobbies. There's nothing wrong with playing golf, nothing wrong with hunting, nothing wrong with reading a great book, nothing wrong with whatever hobbies you enjoy. As long as I don't try to find my happiness, my joy, my life, my security, my identity's not all wrapped up in a hobby. Because again, if the hobby has my heart, Jesus doesn't. 
And that's the idea John's saying, listen, we've got to make sure that God has first place, that God has our heart. And when God has our hearts, when we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then we're able to love our neighbor as ourselves. Then we're able to enjoy the world without idolizing the world, without being enslaved and controlled by the world, without being destroyed by the world. So John is really trying to guard our heart in life. God's trying to lead us into our best life, a life characterized by a love for God, a love for people, and enjoying what God has created and leveraging creation in order to build the kingdom of God and to bring him glory. That's the life we were created for. But the truth is most people are so in love with the world. In other words, they're trying to find from the world what they've never learned to find in God and in his family. And so now, rather than enjoying the world and using it to build his kingdom and to bring him glory, they are enslaved to the world. And usually it's destroying their lives. So let's be careful. Let's make sure that God has first place in our hearts and that people, that we value people over everything else in this world. And then, listen, then we can actually enjoy the world without being enslaved by it. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much again for for John's instruction. And I love to get it from John because John is the disciple that Jesus loved. John is the disciple who understood, maybe more than all the others, how important God's love is, how important that relationship is, and how it frees us from the world and leads us into our best life. So God, we want to live the way John lived. We want to fall in love with Jesus. We want to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, we want to love our neighbor as ourselves, so that we can enjoy your world and we can leverage all that we have to build your kingdom, and to bring you glory. God, set our hearts free. My prayer for every person listening is that your love would set their heart free. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for listening again today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.